You're listening to Hammer and Anvil, your one-stop podcast for all things hobby. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, good evening, and a very, very warm welcome to the Hammer and Anvil podcast, uh, where we discuss all things Warhammer and Wargaming-related. My name's Dean. I'm going to be hosting this evening's session. I'm joined by Lofty. Say hello, Lofty. How's it going, guys? Good, mate. And I'm also joined by Steve. How are you doing, buddy? Hello, mate. I'm all right. Yourself? Yeah, very, very good, thanks. How, how, have, we, uh, how have we been during the week, guys? We good? All good, yes. Yeah, okay. spot on. Nice week. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, I unfortunately got furloughed again, but all it means is that I've got more time to fix me shed and get myself a hobby space. So it, <laughs> it's not all bad, I suppose. It's not all bad. That's it. How long are you on furlough for? Until or on or around the 20th of July is what I've sort of been told. It's not so bad because I'm still on 100% wages. I'm one of the very lucky people who are. Um, but it just means no overtime, but never mind, never mind. Um, but yeah, so straight into the news, guys, because I, I don't really want to hang around with this. We've got a lot to cover. Um, Indomitus, obviously still dominating all the headlines and, and ninth edition. Um, the pre-release date or the pre-order date, sorry, has been announced this Saturday. Um, and the price has also been announced. It's £125 per box. I just want to, is it? Yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Sort of, what what do you think? It's it's affordable, I think. For the well, not not for me because I've got too much to pay out. But yeah, it's it's a reasonably priced, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's very for what you actually get in the box. It's amazing. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I was when they first sort of announced what was in the box and what was coming. With it, I, I was expecting more of the 160 uh, mark. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people were. Shows how, how wildly off I was. But So I think 125 for for those two armies, and most of them, well, I think all of them, are new models as well. Um, yeah, just just about every single one of them is, isn't it? Just in models to buy them alone, singly when they come out. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be more than 125 if you wanted all of the all of the range that comes in the box. So and what's Absolutely. the rule book? That's twenty quid, thirty quid. Yeah. And I think we've got to count ourselves slightly lucky as well that we do live in the country where it's produced. Because mm-hmm. I, I was sort of paying attention to social media and, and the leaks came out for the week. And there was a chap in America um had had sort of managed to get all I think it was one of the player tested Clear testers had released the price and it was two hundred dollars, hundred ninety nine dollars, which works out at about one hundred and sixty quid. Yeah. Um, so I think you know we, we've got to sort of keep ourselves in in the frame of mind that we are quite lucky. We don't have to pay yeah. huge shipping costs as well. Um, but I, I absolutely agree with you both. I think it's a fantastic deal. Sixty one models, and I think the only thing that's not new is the scarabs. Uh, are they not? Yeah. Are they not new? I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if it's a new sculpt. I'm not sure if it's a new way of putting them together. Um, but I'm fairly certain that all of the the models, like you say, are new. I could be completely wrong, of course. But um, that that also brings me on to the next point. What what do you think to six per person? I was just about to say that it's a lot for a person, isn't it? Isn't it just? 
from from what we were speaking about earlier, uh, well, last last week, I think it was. Yeah. I think that's great. I think it is great. Six per person is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah who's going to need that many Space Marines? And I know somebody will probably chime up and say, oh, I need them because I'm working on a, a, a full company. Um, but fuck them. No, six yeah, boxes exactly. a person I think is great. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it is as well. I think it limits scalpers. Which you know yeah. we touched on last week. It's a very sore point for me and a lot of other people. Um, I'm, I'm getting two myself. The reason being, I, I want one for the models and one for conversions. Um, yeah. I've got yeah. some, some conversions in mind for for one set. Um, so yeah, that's. Are, are you guys planning on getting a box each, or I'd like uh, to get one, but yeah. whether or not I can afford it, right? I don't think I will be because I don't collect any of the armies. And because if it was just actual starter set like they usually did, uh, yeah. like when eighth dropped and you got your rulers, you got some dice, you got you got everything. There was yeah. more of a package there for somebody that doesn't necessarily play those armies. I don't play any of them, uh, so I'd yeah. be getting a box for a rule book and then to have more plastic that I'm either going to sell on or just not, or they're going to yeah. sit there. You know, and there's no point. Enough people are going to want these boxes. And yeah. for somebody like myself that doesn't need the box, I could buy the rule book. I could buy chapter proof separate. That's all I need. That's fair enough. That, that does actually bring us on the next point I was going to make was, you know, the amount of books that they're, they're bringing out with chapter approved being new. It's a little earlier than I thought it would be. I must admit, I, th- I thought it was going to be about September time. It's usually about September time, isn't it? Uh, I thought chapter approved was December. Because it always, I think around now was always the the general's handbook for AOS. Uh, but I, I was thinking that it was a bit early for chapter approved. Yeah, it, it, it was announced on the community website. Now, I don't know if it's coming out at the same time as Indomitus. Um, I've got to be, I've got to admit, I'm, I'm a little ignorant on that point. But it does seem very, very early. For chapter. I think approved. they, I think they need to. Um, because obviously they've said that all our codexes will work with ninth, uh, and all those have got points values. I know uh, Psychic mm-hmm. Awakening updated some, yeah. Um, but as what we've seen with the leaks and the little rule tidbits that they bring in, points are changing. Yeah. So without that, all, all they'd have to do, they release the rule book, and then a week later, the rule book's getting FAQ'd. Yeah, exactly. So bring your chapter approved out, everything's in there. For starting, like they did with the indexes last edition. Yeah. Now it's just right. You've got to have your chapter approved now, and maybe next year we'll we'll see it December time because yeah. they. I reckon they always did it for Christmas. No, that's that's a really good point. I mean, I must admit it, it is a bit of a peculiar situation. A lot of people are complaining, and I'm I'm not happy. I must admit because you've got 125 pounds for the box anywhere. That's not. It's it's a great deal, but it's not a small amount of money. But you've then got the Crusaders um, journal. You've then got chapter approved. You've then got this, all of which are not going to be cheap. They're all going to be up around the 15, 20, 25 quid mark. And so you're probably looking at about £200 if you want to get everything. That being said, of course, you know, it is a new edition. They have updated points, like you've said. Um, So you're absolutely right. It's... It it is a peculiar situation, um. But yeah, there's there's no need to buy one if you if you're not gonna do anything. The rule book will come out soon enough. Well, you've got the rule book, and it, I mean, 
probably shouldn't say this, and, and sorry, Games Workshop, if I if I do, but within two days, the points values are going to be online. So you don't need to buy chapter approved. You yeah. don't need to buy the mission book because somebody across the table may have it. Yeah. And like, again, what we were talking about earlier, share your stuff, and people cool. will. Um, do you know what I mean? You, you can't play a game if the other person doesn't know what mission. No, of course. Uh, so you're going to want more people to have it. So I think with the chapter approved, giving the points, yeah. it was spot on because uh, they're needed. And I think that's where the change is. It, yeah. It's the points in this edition that's changed. Definitely. And from what I gather, not a lot else. Definitely. You got anything that you'd like to add to that, Steve? Um, I'm looking through the, the Warhammer community site at the moment on the Indomitus page, and then the only thing that's really speaking out to me is they're releasing an, uh, four new paints as well. Yeah, yeah, I was going to come on to that in a little while, um, but I, 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 I sort of meant in particular about updated points values and this and the other. Have you, have you got anything that you'd like yeah, to add? Um, no, but I've got nothing that I'd, I'd like to add to that. Cool. Cool. Um, so, yeah, that brings me on then. Um, you did sort of <laughs> stole my thunder. Though, Sorry, mate. I apologise. Not, not, not at all. I was going to come on to the new models, the four new models that have been yeah. released, and subsequently the, the, the paints that have been released for them afterwards. So if you had to pick one of the four, we've got the chaplain on the bike, obviously the Primaris chaplain on the bike, um, Primaris tech marine, the silent king and the void dragon, the Catan shard. Which would you say is your favourite of the four? I'd have to say the chaplain on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. Any any particular reason? It it just looks like an amazing model. It really does. Yeah. Have you got yeah. a you got anything in mind for it to perhaps go in the rear wing of your your, your dark angels, or possibly, or I might just keep him as just exactly what he is—a chaplain on a bike, just going around hitting things with his crozius. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> what about yourself? Wolf? Do you got a you got a, a a favorite model of the four? The things that I saw this week, the uh, the fortification. The, uh, the the drop pod. Oh yeah, tank. of course that was that was released. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it called? Yeah. The ham- hammerfall bunker or something was it? Yeah, the the uber killy thing that's just going to sit there and shoot stuff. <laughs> oh, the, the murder brick. <laughs> that was the one. The murder brick. Somebody called it. <laughs> um, kudos to you. Yeah, I I think that'll be a fantastic um, addition to the vast majority of armies, especially things that work on fortifications, things like uh, Iron Hands, Imperial Fists, so on and so forth. I think that's a, it's a brilliant. Is there any particular reason why you like it? Or I, I, There's two reasons. One, I think it's amazing just to have this big lump of uh, what appears to be a drop pod that's crash-landed. Yeah. Uh, just there as a centrepiece in, in the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and something else to sort of like shoot at you and, and consider... And maybe sort of, it's more back into shooting buildings, and you can sort of take them down and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the other one is it. I'm probably way off, but it sort of harks to the the way AOS works in the fact that you get your piece of scenery. Right. So you've got your Ultramarines one, uh, or the Space Marines one. Sorry, you've got the Necrons have a few pieces of mm-hmm. terrain 
now. I'm I'm anxiously waiting to see if they'll start bringing more in for more armies. Right. Uh, you had your Webway portal. I know they tried through eighth uh, for yeah, yeah. Eldar and Drakari and stuff like that. So having those, and like I said, you have your Chaos War Shrines and your old Skull Altars and, and things for, for yeah, AOS. Yeah, the Realm Shaper Engine and so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether they're trying to bring some of that into the 40k universe, and I'll be all over that. <laughs> I'm sure you will be, man. I mean, myself, I've got to say, I think of the four, some five, six models that have been released, the, the Void Dragon, the Catan Shard, I absolutely love the look of that thing. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And and it, I think I like it not just because of the model and the paint job on it. I think it's because of the possibility it opens up storyline-wise. You know, mm. um, obviously the Void Dragon is sat at the centre of Mars. Um, what that may bring about, you know, are we going to see a, a possible Necron and Admech link-up? Unlikely, but you never know. Um, or a massive war. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there, there was some talk about Admech being a top-tier army now during the week. Um, which is which is really great news to see the meta changing. So yeah, you, you could be absolutely right, mate. You could be. Um, so yeah, I think that's Indomitus. Um, next one is the General's Handbook. Yes, which I know you both are very very excited about. So Larry, I'm I'm going to let you take the lead on this, man. What what do you want to see from it? It was that you'd say me. Um, yes, mate, yeah. What do I want to see from it? What would you uh, say if, if one thing, one major change you could see? What would it be? Reduce the points on Scarbrand because <laughs> he's amazing. He's an absolute beast, but he is expensive. Yeah, um, and I'd love to see him in a lot more lists. Uh, other than that, one do you do you have Scarbrand? I do not at the minute. I do not at the minute, but points could probably swing that. Uh, yeah. I, I do. I've, I've got a, a bloodthirster. Uh, I'm getting that off, Chris. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've been reading a few of the, the bits for General's Handbook, and it looks like it's going to be a fantastic season for AOS. Yeah, yeah. Um, updated part. I think the Oceat Bone Reapers, because I've started to take an interest in them, they need to go up in points. Right, um, and I'm saying this as someone that's that's going to be playing them. I think they need a points increase because really? uh, they're overpowered, very overpowered. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'd like to see, Scarbrand, uh, and just just tweaking other points. Fan, Steve, yourself, what would you like to see if you could pick anything from the general's handbook? Um, I'm going to say it's the loftiest benefit. To be honest, I want the Ossiats Bone Reapers to become more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not in my benefit, like. Yeah, but it's, yeah I suppose so, but it's, it's for my benefit because I know for a fact I'm going to have to play them at some point. Yeah, oh, yes, you will. Well, they're all just <laughs> going to be dinosaur food anyway. Once I get oh, the board, so. <laughs> sounds like a challenge. This is you know, once I learn to play. Once I learn to play, and <laughs> uh, I learn to play some more. And uh, I'm going to be all over it because I think you're absolutely yeah, right. I think, you know, the, the sort of crossover, I don't want to touch too much on the different phases in the rule books because there'll be a million other podcasts out there. But it does seem that 40K has taken a huge influence 
from Sigmar at the minute, trying to sort yeah. of streamline play. Um, when you see things like splash uh, wounds and, and so on and so forth, there are different rules coming in now for, for ninth that are going to see units take wounds, not just models. Yes. Um, I, I, think, yeah. I think you make a really, really good point there. Um, but there is one thing I want to touch on uh, just before we sort of go into the, the, the main subject of today's podcast, and that was the hint that squats are coming back. <laughs> Did anyone say that? I didn't. I didn't. I've, no, I didn't either. I've been yeah. pretty lax this week, but yeah. Was, um, someone has once again leaked. It was very, very quickly taken down. Um, I didn't manage to screenshot it, so I can't, unfortunately, um, sort of attest to the, the legitimacy of it. But from the new... Um, rule book that comes out from Indominus. I don't know if it was a play tester or some such. There's a, there's a, a couple of lines in there, a line or two in there about squats coming back. Um, and they were just mentioned. They, they weren't, you know, oh, we're getting them at this point. On, and there was nothing like that. But um, I know that's made a lot of people very, very happy. That'll be amazing. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Social media. Oh, sorry, I do, I do have one last point I want to touch on on ninth, and then I promise it is the the last one, um, but it is a very, very hotly de- debated point, guys. Ten victory points for a painted army. Yes, <laughs> yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> yeah. Any particular reason? You know, all, all joking aside, tournaments call for it anyway, um, yeah. but is there any particular reason you want to see it? Because if you want to compete, then compete. And if that's that, you're, like you said, tournaments do it anyway. Yeah, um, you have to play. You don't get points for it necessarily. It, I know some countries do, um, but you have to bring a painted army. And yeah. now with the wealth of paints that Games Workshop and other companies have brought out to make painting easier and more accessible, you don't. They're not saying ten points for a golden demon. Yeah. They're saying paint your army, and yeah. that's fine. If I'm going to invest my time uh, and my money in going to a tournament and writing my list and doing this, I want to play somebody that puts that much effort in. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, don't. You know, I don't mean for narrative games or just a match play down the club. Um, that that's fair enough. But if you're going in a, a competitive level, go in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very different to some opinions I've seen, but very, very similar to others. Um, yeah. What's your take on it, Steve? What What do you think? Look, personally, um, like if you're going to go to a tournament with your army, there's going to be photos, isn't there? There's, it's going to go on social media and obviously and possibly into White Dwarf or anything like that. And to see unpainted models against somebody's fully painted force, it just it won't look right, will it? Nah, you're right, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. But that's my only view on it, really. Yeah. I think it's very, very important to point out um, that this is not a punishment. And a lot of people have been taking it as one. This is not a punishment. Certainly not from my point of view. This is a reward. No one's saying that you're going to lose 10 victory points if your army's not painted. What they're saying is if your army is painted, you will gain 10. You know, so yeah. you can still win the game. You can absolutely still win the game. And I think, having watched a couple of battle reports 
you know, you're getting scores of 54 to 62 and yes, they're close and, you know, but it, it can be done. Um, but I do think a, a definition of tabletop standard needs to be a bit clearer because that's what hmm. the, the sort of rule is defined around. Um, you know, not just three paints whacked on because you want an actual yeah. tabletop standard. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I personally, I expected it. I did expect it. Um, but I'm once again, you know, you, your club will probably house rule it. But for a competition, I'm yeah. in favour. I must. I do. Well, the thing is, on the other side of the coin, do you really want uh, now that now the scores are very close, uh, yeah. and we have taken the the American standard to scoring, right? Uh, which is something that really did. Did speak out to me because now the scores have gone up. So you're like fifties and sixties yeah, yeah. and stuff. That's a very American thing. So America's yeah. love. You you look at American uh, sports and English sports. English sports, we're okay with a two three. Yeah, the same sort of game over in America would be sort of fifty six seventy nine. Yeah, that sort of thing. And taking that from it, do you want to go to the uh, with the scores being that close? Do you want to go to a tournament? And you just throw your grey plastic and there's one point in it or there's yeah. nine points in it. And just because mm-hmm. you didn't paint your army, do you know, you didn't take yeah. that time to prepare. You prepared your list. You prepared, your, you know, you built the models at least. You booked <clears> your <throat> tickets. You put that much effort in. Yeah. And just because you couldn't put a little bit of effort in, putting three... Uh, tabletop standards, like three... Co- it is three colours. Um, yeah, it's essentially a primer, a base layer and a wash. Well, there um, you go. If that's the minimum amount, if that's, that's the minimum amount of effort, then yeah, at least you've done that. Day, so. Yeah, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying, and it and it's certainly something which we could and it will be discussed for a long time to come. Um, but I want to move past that if we can, guys, and I want to get on yeah. to the actual subject of this week's podcast. And hey, it, yay! And it's influence. Um, and sort of what influences you in your hobby sort of uh, activities, you know? Um, what influenced you to get into the hobby and so on and so forth? So the first question, this is going to be to you, Steve, yep. is what was the main influence to get you into Warhammer? Do you mean initially... Or yes. do you mean my return? Right, initially. So, so initially, when when you first thought, you know what, was it Was it something that you saw on the internet or what, and you thought, Warhammer, that's the thing for me. What, what was it? Well, I mean, in a previous episode, I mentioned that I first uh, did started the hobby when I was about 12 years old through yeah. one of my friends that I was at school with. Right. And um, it was just a case of he was already into it and he knew the rules and he had his own army and whatever. And it was an old box set, Orcs versus uh, the Imperial Guard, I think he had. Right. And um, I remember very vaguely we were chatting at school and whatever and he was saying, oh, because he knew I was into all this fancy stuff. He goes, how oh, do you fancy trying, trying this around my house one day? I was like, yeah, we'll give it a go. And he was explaining the rules to me. He was explaining like what, like the law and stuff like that. And ever since then, it's, I've always just been hooked. Nice. So, what what was it in particular? Was it the painting side of things? Was it the playing? Was it 
you know, I, I really want to get into the nitty gritty of what influences yeah. people. So, um, I've always liked um, sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and it was the case of, you know, it was futuristic. You know, there was lasers and like, <laughs> humans versus mutants and super soldiers. Yeah. And, you know, and that was all on the board in front of you. And you were rolling dice, and it was tactical. And I mean, bear in, bear in mind, I was twelve years old. Of I didn't course, really yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was still, it was. I had a, the first game I played. I, I, I think I lost, but it was, it was good fun. It really was good fun, and it was something different. Right. So you would say, from sort of a narrative brought to life um, aspect, yes. is that what you sort of and, say? Yeah, and it's always stuck with me. Right. Because you had a break, didn't you? You had quite a bit of a break. Yes. Um, what 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 is that about? If I know we're slightly going off topic, and I want to get yeah. on, but you know it, it will bring us back round to sort of what influenced you to get back into the hobby. So what yeah. was what was your break called? So um, the reason why, um, if I remember, obviously, like I mean, I'm 32 now, so it was like 20 years ago. Um, from what I remember, I think I got into it too fast, and it all became too much right and i was getting and i was getting confused with so many things because like i was only 12 years old yeah, i was course, yeah. very very young and um we went from 40k i think it, was, it must have been like third edition i swear it must have been third edition but anyway um that was he wanted to try um warhammer fancy battles okay and so we tried that i remember um the empire i think i did and it was it was all confusing then i tried painting obviously painting more and more and it was just i was finding it all too difficult and too much right and it obviously i, I just kind of backed away from it all and uh, two years ago i got back into the hobby after that long break all right and, and what was the influence to get you back in well the influence was um, it had been playing on my mind for a long, long time okay. because I used to, I always used to play the computer games like Dark Omen and I'd play, um, was it on the PlayStation 2, Fatal, Fire Warrior. Right. Used to play that. Um, I'd, I'd play the PC Dawn of War as well. So it was, I was never away from it as a such. Yeah. Just away from the actual board game. Yeah. And um, when I started working, in Coventry, um, I'll always drive up past the Warhammer. Well, it was it was um, it was in the Cathedral Lane, Cathedral City Shopping Centre, or whatever it was. Right. I forget what it's called. And I went in there one day, and um, it must have, that was about three years ago. And um, I spoke to Dave. Yeah, yeah. And um, I picked up Dwarf. Uh, Dwarf AOS book, and I was looking through it, and I bought it. Right. And anyway, anyway um, so I took it, and I was reading it for a few weeks, and then family life got in the way. I had a bereavement, and I kind of like forgot about it again. And then the shop moved to Trinity Street, mm-hmm. and then I kept I kept driving past it, and I was like, you know what? I, I, I remember I remember I bought the dwarf book, so I went back in there two years ago now, and I spoke to Stu, and um. I bought my first forty k book, and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. I see, quite, quite, yeah, the, uh, quite the roller coaster there that you've had with 
it was, mate. Yeah, and ever since that, that like you have no proper sit down with Stu and talk about it and like go through bits, I haven't looked back. No, oh, I'm glad to hear it, mate. And, and you know, obviously, great to have you down the club. Great to have you in the hobby. So, congratulations yeah, again, Black. Um, <laughs> what what about yourself? What sort of made you pick up your first ever Warhammer models? First ever Warhammer models. I but what, what, had... what were they first? What were they? My first Warhammer models was a box of Ultramarines or Space Marines, right? Um, and I think it was probably the uh, start uh, start painting or a painting set that they'd done because I was in it again about the same age as Steve, twelve, thirteen maybe. Um, and I'd walked again. I'd walked past the shop or where it was in Cathedral Lanes. It was up, so you could just see the uh, Games Workshop logo. Right. I was like, that that place looks cool. So I'd always go up and have a look through the window. And again, quite similar to Steve, look in and whatever. And then whoever was working at the time would wave at me and I'd kind of go in sheepishly. <laughs> and then I bought some models. And it just so happens at school the next day, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've bought these. And my other mate around the corner had also bought some. Right. Uh, completely separate incidents. So we used to get them out. I'd go over to his. And we just used to play on the floor. We'd make our own rules up. Yeah, uh, and I think that might have been third edition, uh, or may even have been second edition. Um, right. I remember the I got the the big start collecting box, uh, start starter set, and it was the one with the Blood Angel on the front. So I think it might have been second, late second edition. Right, um, you had the, uh, the the Blood Angel captain on the front of the box, and I've still got the box somewhere around. <laughs> and you had Space Orcs and Space Moons, and that's how I got into it. Right. Uh, absolutely loved it. Started painting. I was painting all the time, but was crap. Um, <laughs> to put it nicely, and it was about then that the third edition, maybe, maybe I'd taken a little bit of break because when I was that age, I had no money whatsoever. Of course, so yeah, I mean, play what I got. Uh, and Drikari came out, and I absolutely loved the models. I loved yeah. the law. I loved the pointy ear. I loved that they were evil, <laughs> and I bought a load of them. Fast forward about a year, I'd never really done anything other than paint with them, and I just give it up. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It, it was never a conscious decision. I just sort of fell out of it. Yeah, massively fell out of it. I always liked them. I'd see the box and went, oh man, you know, none of my friends were playing it anymore. Yeah, um, there was just nothing in it for me. I couldn't do anything with what I'd got. Fast forward to probably about five, <clears throat> six years ago. I was speaking to Daz uh, outside the old Dyer's Arms. I went around motorcycles, and that's how I met Daz. And we were both talking, and I was talking about Warhammer and how I used to do it. And he said he used to do it. So the next day, we met up in town, and we went back to the shop, and we again bought another paint set with some models. Right. So this would have been, what, seventh edition now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, six. Tail end of six. Tail end of six, right. Yeah. We got the rule book, we got this, and we were painting, and it used to come round. And I'd... yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And from then, it just sort of grew and yeah. grew and grew. And <clears throat> I think I'd reached that age where the cool factor didn't bother me. I if see. that makes sense. Yeah, I never. I was yeah, never yeah, ashamed yeah. of doing Warhammer. 
But when you're sort of 15, 16, if you're anything like me, I was drinking, I was smoking, I yeah. was going to rock concerts, and other things took priority. Yeah. And, you know, going, oh, I want to go and play Warhammer was never really an option. Yeah. Um, and I think I reached that age, sort of tail end of my 20s, and I didn't give a fuck anymore. I needed something to do. <laughs> I wanted something to do. Yeah. And I'd or- always missed the hobby. You know, and I always thought, oh, man, I could go back in. I could go this, that, and the other. Uh, and, and, yes, like I said, from then, it just it just absolutely grew. And now it's part of my life completely and utterly. So, from that, you would say that Daz is probably the, the guy who's influenced you to get back in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we... Yeah. I mean, we started together. Uh, yeah. Restarted together. So, we both sort of pushed each other. Um, and he'd buy a box and I'd buy a box and we sort of did what we did as kids yeah. I'm guessing uh, but with a little bit more disposable income because we were both working so yeah. it was a little bit easier um, and then obviously at this point then you had eBay so yeah, you yeah. could buy your models on the cheap if you couldn't or you could buy this and you could buy that <coughs> uh, so yeah it, and so on and so forth that conversation with Daz sort of turned well turned into this it really did yeah <laughs> And here we are now, of, a, of an yeah. England chatting crap about it. So, yeah. Um, good answers, boys. You know, very, very well thought out and, and cracking answers. Really sort of opens up. Um, you know, we, we've all been influenced in one way or the other. And you two seem very similar in that. You know, you got into it when you were younger and, and you slightly different how you got back into it. After you were influenced by a friend, Steve, you were sort of influenced by seeing the shop every day. Yeah. But even so, you know, it's it's um going to your local shop and, and seeing what's in there is 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 great. Um it's much how I got into the hobby as well. Um we we just done it a couple of weeks ago. I, I was in the armed forces and so on and so forth. I was having a, a bit of a hard time when I left and it, it was a counsellor who um from a unfortunate Unfortunately, uh, no longer around charity called Combat Stress. Um, they're still there in the wings, but can't think these guys enough. They, they, she said, uh, you know, get yourself a hobby. Googled sci-fi near me, sci-fi hobbies, and walked into the shop, and that's all she wrote, as it were. Here I am, 6,000 points of, of Raven Gladiator and about 2,500 points of Seraphon. Oh, so um, I've got a question on that. Go for it. So you were you were obviously older and you used it as therapy. And yeah. obviously when they said uh, hobby, you immediately went to sci-fi because that's something you're interested in. Yeah. Has it ever been an interest to you prior? Didn't uh, did you it. know about tabletop no. games? or I knew about Dungeons and Dragons. And I knew about, you know, everybody knows about Dungeons and Dragons. You oh, speak. yeah. You watched the cartoon when you were younger and... Yeah, and so on and so forth. Um, and one of the things you do in the army, believe it or not, is play acting a lot when you're on exercise. You sort of play active, and it's training. I shouldn't say play acting, of course. These guys work very, very hard. But you sort of you act as an enemy, and you act as this. Yeah. Um, and you know, we've just picked up D and D recently. Obviously, the three of us are in the same group. Yeah. But when it comes to things like tabletop gaming, um. No, I, I didn't really know anything about it, to answer your question. Warhammer certainly was, was a non-entity. Um, I knew people painted models, and I'd seen the shops in and around 
Um, you know, because most cities have one. Um, yeah. But I'd never been in one. I'd never known anything about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because we, we have touched on how I got into the hobby of a couple of episodes back. And that's not really what this is about, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But the, the influence for me was was Combat Stress and Stu down the shop, who was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so it brings me on to the next sort of thing. So influences when you come to things like paint schemes. Um, we, we chatted a couple of weeks ago about how you chose your army. And, Steve, I know you said something about you, you really love the Dark Angels lore. Yeah. Um, what yeah. in particular, you know, influenced you to pick... <laughs> faction above all others what was what was the deciding factor um it's probably well uh, it's me what green is on one of my favorite colors yeah uh, firstly <laughs> you know what? And, <laughs> i know it sounds i know it sounds silly but not in the uh, great um and it's the way they're you know just focused on hunting the fallen and as as well as serving the emperor and they're almost fighting on two fronts in a mm-hmm. way and when they've got their interrogator chaplains how um what's the word forceful they can be to extract information even though they're going to kill them anyway yeah you know, they're just it's just just ruthless yet loyal well, that's debatable, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> they're, they're loyal. <laughs> I always think of the Dark Angels as sort of space age Freemasons. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do uh, secret handshakes and secret clubs and different levels of this, that, and the other. What but, are they doing? Yeah, exactly. But was there like, was there a specific book? Was there a specific article in White Dwarf? Was there anything which sort of needed <clears throat> down for you, Steve? And I went, you know what? That there is gonna make me pick Dark Angels. Okay. So when I when I first came down the club, um I was playing Chaos Space Marines. And mm-hmm. I wasn't really getting on with them, so I wanted to choose something different. Yeah. And obviously I was looking at all the armies you guys play and I was Watching how you know how how the other armies work, and I was going on the Warhammer um, Games Workshop website and looking through each of the armies to see what the models are and reading lore. And I noticed that every you know there, there was quite a few Space Marine players, and I thought, you know what, I, I like the look of these you know loyalist Space Marines. And I thought, you know, everyone's got something different, but I wanted something that nobody really played in a way. But I wanted Space Marines, right. so it, it, I was either going to go um, Blood Angels or mm-hmm. I was going to go uh, Dark Angels, and I couldn't quite decide. So that when I found out one of the guys at the club had Blood Angels, I was like, "Well, that's the deciding factor." Mm-hmm. So I chose Dark Angels, and then I went and properly looked at all their lore online, and I just I just loved reading about them and like you say how. She, how shady they are and yeah the, the, the questionable loyalties yeah well that's fair enough and so but, but would you say that the influencing factor there was an an inability to choose until you'd found someone else had something that you were gonna choose 
if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I know, and I'm just going to say it anyway, but all you guys are cock dice have influenced my hobby in some certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Whether think, it be I, painting I, or certain ways of play. Yeah, I think that's true of everyone down that club, you know. Yeah. Um, big club, brilliant guys. Not that out, of course, but you're, if you're in the West Midlands, <laughs> you should absolutely come along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, lovely. you've got, you know, um, a huge corn force. Um, you've got your Drakari, like you say. What was the the influencing factor and, and, and the influencing sort of factors, if you like, that, that made you go for those factions? Uh, okay, before I answer that, I've just listened to Steve talk then. Yeah. Um, and he said about his chaos, and obviously he's now Dark Angel. When you were chaos, you were uh, word bearers, weren't you, Steve? I certainly was, yeah. You was. I found your um, influence. You right. like shady, underhanded armies. Uh, to be honest. Word bearers, yeah. very, very, very shady at the start of the Horus Heresy. Yes. Dark Error. Angel's still very, very shady. Yeah. And also... also <laughs> <laughs> what was I first in D&D? Uh, you were a drow, right? Yes. Drow. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, we'll get back to that question. No, I, just couldn't, not I couldn't let that go. <laughs> it just oh, dawned mate. on me. Just don't, yeah. on me don't let Steve read your diary. Christ. <laughs> actually, now that you said that, I've actually noticed. You know, actually, yeah, I've noticed that now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Steve, the, the shady bastard of Cockney Um <laughs> so yeah, Lofty then, what, what influenced you to your factors and um, your factions over everything else? What was the sort of deciding um, yeah. meal in the coffin, as it were? When I got, I say, serious about 40k, so we did a, you know, with the Daz and stuff, and I did a bit of Chaos and Corn. Corn's always been, I love the models, and I love their lore, that they're just angry. Yeah. Uh, but when I first sort of switched to a Space Marine army, I did Space Wolves, mm-hmm. and I lo- the influence on them was Vikings. Yeah. I loved the artwork, and I loved that they were just power-armoured Vikings. I did them for a couple of years. Um, and as I said earlier, Drukhari, they were Dark Eldar, I had them years ago. Mm-hmm. I never got any, any uh, games out of them or... I didn't. Get, I didn't use them as as they were intended back then. So, I bought a load of Drukari, absolutely yeah. loads, while I was doing Space Wolves, and they always sat in a box. So my influence for picking Drukari back up was the fact that I'd said I'm definitely going to use these, and they they have become become my main forty k force. Yeah, and I absolutely love the tactics, and I think it was an army that I very much felt. Fell into with a playstyle. I think I found what playstyle I like through Jakari. Yeah. Um, and their lore is absolutely fantastic. I love what they're all about. Um, and that probably says more about me uh, than anything else. <laughs> I'd hate to see them box under your bed. Nice. Well, yes, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's vibrating at the minute. Uh, <laughs> we've gone off topic. We've gone off topic. We have. We've changed the podcast. It's now uh, yeah. after hours. Well, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I wanted to do Jakari and I wanted to paint them different to how you normally see them. Well, uh, which this is going to be my next question: was what was the influence in in picking your paint scheme? Was it you know social media? What what was what influenced you to to, to 
to paint them as you have? Well, I saw a load of... Every time I paint or I'm going to start a new army, I'll scroll through Instagram. I'll scroll yep. through Pinterest. I don't YouTube. even know if that's still a thing. Google. Yep. And all of the usual come up. You know, you've got the... The Cabalites were always sort of a greeny black mm-hmm. and things like Avatagari. And I was like, I don't want them. A one model, and I can't remember, so I can't give credit uh, to the guy. But it, it was a, a bone, an off-white colour. Right. Uh, and he painted blue uh, <clears throat> to the eyes and stuff, and I absolutely loved it. Now, I tried to recreate that badly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm doing it badly, it sort of looked more like bone than an off-white, uh, right. if that makes sense. And I yeah, loved yeah, yeah. it. And I found it was a happy accident. Um, I was trying to do something else, but I had bone. I thought, well, hang on a minute. I want to do a Jakari army that's quite decayed. Mm-hmm. And I think bone colours look very awesome, decayed. You know, you've got the rust streaks, you've got grime. And it, yep. not, and that is, a, yes, so basically my Jakari was an accident uh, for, for my paint scheme. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, then, you, you mentioned Instagram and Pinterest. You know, Instagram's obviously massive at the minute. And then it's still opening up doors for me, certainly, um, with regards to things like paint schemes. Um, so if you could name any, or if you, you, you sort of know any, and this is to you first, Steve, um, yep. which sort of Instagrammers, social media guys, YouTubers, whatever it may be, influence you in your hobby, if there are indeed any? Well, um, it, it's got to be Duncan Rhodes, first of all. Yeah, of course. Got to yeah. be. Because he was the one that, well, he did a speed painting for Dark Angels, yeah, and that's the that's that's the scheme that I use for all mine. I just mm-hmm. use the weathering how I see fit. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm just basically using what Duncan's done. But yeah, he's a, and I mean I I still watch all his videos now, and even on his new new venture, the his academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but, I, think, um, I think he's been a massive influence for a lot of people in this yeah. movie. Um, I had the very good fortune to speak to him. At Warhammer Fest last year, and um, very big. Did you fan girl? I beg your pardon. Did you fan girl? A little bit, I must admit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you bit. sign me boob? No, such a lovely, lovely chap. Such a lovely, I bet lovely he is. And I say that not just because you know he's Duncan. He is a genuinely lovely guy. When I sort of told him. Um, how I got into the hobby, and because at that point I was living by myself as well, and yeah, it it, it wasn't good for my mental health. Um, and a, a friend of mine had suggested, you know, watch these videos by this guy, and it and it really did have a, a huge impact on me and a huge influence, like you say, Steve. You know, for me as well. Yeah. Um, and I told him that, and and he was really, really, <laughs> genuinely lovely about it. Really, really lovely guy. Um, so yeah, Duncan, I'd, I'd absolutely put him up there. Anybody else that you'd say, Steve? If, if there's anybody else, um, probably Goobertown Hobbies, yeah, but, yeah. But he was more for the airbrush, yeah. It's a chap named Brett, is it not? Uh, Brent, Brent, that was it, yeah, yes. Um, I mean, there's um. Oh, what is he? He, he? he does a lot of the grim dark stuff. 
He's on YouTube. It begins with Z. He's a long uh, Zaga, name. Zaga Tune Miniatures. That, that, that's, it's something like that, isn't it? Yes. Oh, never, never heard of him myself. I must say. And Squidmar Miniatures as well. Yeah, Squidmar. Good old Squidmar. Have you seen his... There is more. Video? Yeah, there's hundreds more, but... Um, have you seen his recent videos? I don't know if you have, Stephen. I really wanted to point this out about painting with only two colours. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. I've, I've seen that one, yeah. Cheats a little bit, I think, with black and white, but hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dave, what, what about you? Who's been sort of, you know, social media, um, friends-wise? We, we've spoken about how you get into the hobby, but sort of who influences you? Um, to, to, to pick your schemes and, and go so on and so forth. Who who would you say has, has been the main influence? My main influence, at the I'd say at the minute, because I do go in stages, whatever I sort of see, I, I delve into. Um, really? I, I'm very, I love the grim dark stuff. Uh, yeah, you, Steve you did mention... a really dark manner as well. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love uh, the way I see Warhammer 40k and AOS. It's grim. It's yeah. it's grim dark. It's it's horrible. You know. Um, yeah. It's not my personal thing. Is it's not going to be clean. Um, no. Most of these warriors are are in the field for years and years and decades. Do you know what I mean? Their armor's mm-hmm. going to be up. So, but I really do. And it started my love for that was uh, John Blanche. Okay. Yeah. Back from nineties, well, I believe he he was instrumental in bringing the grim dark into uh 40k so he did a lot of the white dwarf sketches uh, a lot of the old sketchy drawings okay. uh, i don't know if you've seen you know the black I, and white I can't stuff say that i have I, I know what you mean but i can't say i'm, I'm sort of really au okay with a lot of it and that was his style um and uh, blanchitsu it became a word <laughs> really uh, for a style of painting yeah blanchitsu yeah. it's uh heavily converted and um grim dark painting style it's a very abstract way of, of doing sort of stuff yeah uh so i've always loved his stuff and he has an amazing instagram account he's an artist as well as you know his hobby his mm-hmm. games workshop stuff um and through that it's grimdark compendium which uh they're fairly i'd say they're fairly new but they're probably not i've just found them new uh, and they <laughs> they do am- amazing tutorials using oils enamels washes yeah, it's great. Some stunning works, and that's the one that Steve was talking. The Zag, yeah, Zaga. I do apologize for not being able to say the word Zagatoon miniatures. Right? Yeah, it's not that, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. I'll look at stuff and go, Wow, how can I regrate, recreate the contrasts? Yeah, that they do. You know, there's a lot of darks and there's a lot of lights. Yeah, um, and someone that I've recently started following. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when I did the uh, Corpse Rack Museum Mausoleum. Okay. The yes, the grave yes, site yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. all the moss and stuff. Yeah, and that was I remember di- that. That was direct from uh, uh, an Instagram page called Cast Cure Miniatures. Okay. Uh, if you get a chance, anybody, go and follow Cast Cure Miniatures because they do nice little tutorials that are simple to follow, but the the effects that they bring out are amazing, absolutely yeah. phenomenal, and little things like uh, like that moss. Uh, it is a simple way of applying it, but to get it look just right uh, and the way they did, I struggled a bit. Uh, but their stuff is absolutely fan- phenomenal. Yeah. So I do take a lot of inspiration yeah. from them. I'll have to go have a look. Definitely, definitely. How about I mean, you? 
I'm, I'm at the minute. I'm, I'm sort of really, really loving building a bit of terrain. Um, I've, I've got my table and, and I want to sort of flesh it out with three or four different sets of homemade terrain. So that sounds right up my alley. It really does. They're nice people as well. Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've sent yeah. them a couple of PMs and they and they do reply. Um, oh, fantastic! It's always nice. So uh, they, they'll always help. I think. Um, uh, yeah. Well. I've never had any problems with them, and they've always been fully supportive of everything that I've put up, mm-hmm. uh, and, and any questions that I've asked. Oh, great stuff! You um, could check out Luke's APS as well. Yeah, Luke's affordable painting service, great guy. And uh, I've watched a lot of his tutorials. I think one of the things that I love about Luke, and you probably uh, love this as well, Steve, is when he shows you how to make your own washers in large yeah, yeah. quantities, and he. I still want to try that. Sorry, what did you say there, mate? I didn't catch that. Sorry, mate. I, I said I'd, I really want to try doing my own washes. Yeah, do it, man. It's it's really great. I've only made them myself in small quantities. And, yeah. um, you know, don't get me wrong. They're not going to be what, what you create in a lab. It's, it's not going to be the no. equivalent of normal. But you know what? It's bloody good. And if you follow yeah. the recipe, <laughs> it, it works. And it works well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. A couple of people that I'd like to add to that. Um, Encounter Terrain, Joe, uh, on Instagram. More for um, – he's, he's got two pages. He's Australian chapters in London. He's got his Terrain page, which he runs a monthly competition um, on a 10-centimetre by 10-centimetre base. What can you build? Wow. And he also, yeah, it's, it's oh, brilliant. Man. It's just a bit of fun. And over lockdown, it's been brilliant. Um, he also does a, a, a page, separate page, where he does um, graphic bases, you know, and he, and he shows you how to make sort of water effects and waves. And you're not talking a little bit of resin here and there. You're talking real intricate things. But he does them in really, really <clears throat> simplistic manner. Um, and Miniac. I don't know if any of you... Yes. Yeah, man. Oh, fellow death metaler as well. Yeah. Absolute legend. Um, really, really nice guy. What got me into Miniac actually, it may have been for you, Lofty, was was his logo. Yes. Um, with, yeah. With, with, with um, uh, it's absolutely amazing. Death Metal logo, that caught my eye. Uh, yeah. and I was quite surprised that he was a miniature painter. Um I, I was expecting a band. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> for a start, uh, and then I, yeah. I quickly realized. Fair enough then. Um so to end then, guys, if if you could pick one influencer um, in the modern day that you, you know, I know we've just spoken about our own personal influences. If, if you had someone who was lacking a bit of motivation um, and you wanted to inspire them, influence them, who would you tell them to go and watch? Oh, I'm going to start with you, Lofty. Let, let's start with you. Uh, you can see me. The person we not we've not mentioned him, um, but I, I think his channel's superb, especially for lack of motivation and lack of um, uh, not knowledge, but if you want to improve your skills a little bit or you're feeling yeah. a little bit um, disconcerted uh, with your efforts, is Tabletop Minions. Yeah, yeah. Adam over there, his videos are amazing. They're not too long, and he doesn't waffle on. Mm-hmm. But for, for motivation, I'll watch him now, and I know where his, his base is, is sort of towards the newer gamer, uh, but I'll right. watch him now whenever I'm, I'm feeling a little bit unmotivated. 
And I just want to pick up a brush after I've watched his stuff. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Recommended. Yeah. Um, Steve, yourself? Well, I'd, I'd say the same, but um, as someone else, I'm going to go with what I said earlier, Duncan Rhodes, without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely agree with you on that, I must admit. Um, it may seem a little bit cliche, you know, he was for however many years, Mr. Warhammer, but I think yeah. it sort of stuck with a lot of people. It certainly stuck with me. I know it stuck with you, Steve. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, um, that's going to end the chat tonight. Thank you very, very much for coming on. Really Not a problem. For giving your time. Um, great chat. Loved it. Um, tune in next week, guys, when I believe it's you, Steve. You're taking the reins next week? Uh, I think yeah. it's, is it me? No, it's no, you, Steve. It is. Awesome. I've got to get thinking oh, yeah, then, I? am going to have to get thinking, boys. Indeed. And on that note, um, we at Hammer and Anvil will bid you all good evening. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Good night. If you guys have enjoyed this episode, please give us a subscribe. We're going to be coming at you weekly with more of these topics and discussions. Thanks for listening.